rise up, young man. Rise up, young lady. You are not alone. No matter what you're going through, it is going to pass. You're going to come out the other side. Keep shining. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of You Are Not Alone podcast by Mamba Inspire Brand. Like the title suggests, the purpose of this podcast is to help people out there who are going through unimaginable struggles know that they are not alone and believe that they will come out on the other side. Ooh, Today we have so Mbai, <laughs> most amazing, <laughs> oh biggest smile person Oh I my gosh. See. Thank you so much for giving us your uh, time. No, thank you on so much for Tuesday having night. me. I know you have a lot of things going on. No, thank you so much. I really feel uh, so special that you picked me. You are special. So thank you. With the you. big ass. <laughs> no, thank you so much. I'm so excited for everything that we have in store today. For sure. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so hi guys. Um, my name is Bai Aben. I am a senior. <laughs> I'm a senior Almost out of here. <laughs> at the University of Texas at Austin. Um, I'm a human development and family science major and an African-American, African diaspora studies minor. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of things that I do on campus. Oh, I recently won Black Homecoming Queen. Ooh. Um, I'm on the national winning speech and debate team. Um, oh, and I, well, <laughs> LOL, um, I love Ami so much. I help out with UT by, um, you, like the student, um, government, um, that we have on campus as well. Um, and then I also perform, um, on campus. I do, I'm like a poet scholar and I do spoken word and I talk about political things and things of that nature. So yeah, that's yeah. about Amazing. me. Amazing. <laughs> she does everything. everything. Oh, oh my goodness. And by the way, Amy is, uh, I think she was in the early episodes. You can't, you can't tune in. Uh, I Yay. interviewed her a little bit earlier than this. You did? Yes. I know it was going to be cool. She's so inspiring. She's amazing. She's our vice president right yeah, now. Yeah, our student vice body president. For the University of Texas at, at Austin. Austin. The first vice, the first double uh, duo black president and vice president so we love cameron and ami yes ma'am yeah so you were born in houston right no no no. and not cameron. even close i was born in massachusetts massachusetts yeah i was born in massachusetts Whoa. and then i moved from massachusetts to um to georgia mm-hmm. then from georgia to alabama then alabama to texas wow yeah i moved a lot so your parents are originally from cameron from Cameroon. They are immigrants, right? Immigrants, yes. So they moved from Cameroon to come to the United States. Yes, so my mom, when she was eight months pregnant, mm-hmm. um, she got a visa to come here. Her and my dad came. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like, you're not supposed to fly when you're eight months. So, yeah. like, they had to go to the hospital and lie to the, like, got, gave the doctor, like, some money. And then Dr. Forge, like, you know, and said my mom was, like, under eight months and uh, then now i was born in wow, massachusetts that was you that was me that's my story so yeah that's how i came to be wow. yeah wow yeah. when you become president oh, <laughs> oh my god he's <laughs> <laughs> so dramatic that's crazy. Uh, but uh your parents being immigrants mm-hmm. right i'm sure they try to instill the african culture in you Right? Yeah, so really much. Discipline and but you grew up in the United States. How were you able to balance those two cultures? Okay, on? that's a really good question. So for me personally, um, having African parents definitely made me um, work 
hard and work harder um, when it came to just being in class. Like average was never enough. I always had to be beyond. I always had to be first in everything that I did mm -hmm. just because they always reminded me like where they came from, how they suffered to get here. They always reminded me of the privilege that I have and the experiences that I have and how um, how it, how bad it would be like if I just didn't take advantage of it, mm -hmm. you know? So even like, I always had to try my best with everything that I did, even mm -hmm. if I didn't like it. So, wow. yeah. What were some of the biggest challenges you had growing up? Okay, so for me, I think the biggest challenge that I had that um, went all the way into college was choosing my career. Mm -hmm. I know that like, and when I was um, younger, both of my parents are in the health profession field mm -hmm. and it was always put upon me to like be a doctor, but I should be a doctor, like school's easy for her, like she's so smart, be a doctor, be a doctor. But I also had like all these interests in other things. Like yeah. my brain was not only working in science and math, but like I have this I have this thing with my head where I can put like creative like creative ideas together mm -hmm. and I've always loved words like words are so powerful and like affirming and I've always loved poetry and I've always mm -hmm. loved art and like plays and like acting and storytelling mm -hmm. and I've always felt like that was a passion and like a gift that God has given me mm -hmm. and because of that because of wanting to um, you know make my parents proud I've always been I've always had to like suppress that gift, you know? Mm -hmm. And for my mother, um, they would tell me like, you know, I see you doing these things and that's fine, you can do them, but you need to be a doctor first. <laughs> and that was always so hard just because like, that wasn't what I'm passionate about. Yeah. And I always tell people like, what I came to realization is like, I believe that everybody has a gift that God has given them with, mm -hmm. like that you're supposed to like change the world and like, heal others you know and also like people's like testimonies and blessings are tied to like your breakthrough and what exactly. you have and you can't be like selfish with like the gifts that like god has given you wow. and like if you're <laughs> you're so dramatic but if you're um trying to do other areas like mm -hmm. for me i was really trying to force to be a doctor just to make like my parents happy mm -hmm. and there's people who are really supposed to be doctors right and they're given the grace to do so and mm -hmm. it just some comes so like easy for them mm -hmm. and like i always feel that if it's meant for you to do it even if it's difficult like you'll have the grace to do it exactly. but if you're somewhere where you don't belong of course it's going to be difficult or you're just going to be miserable doing it exactly. so it got to a point that i had to think about all the things that made me happy and how I can use like the gift, the gift I have of speaking to like heal others, you know? Wow. So, <laughs> no, Dr. Moore talked about that. Dr. Moore talked about that. Oh, he I remember did? My, my freshman year, he said, when, when you have passion for something and when you are skilled, plus addition to that passion, yeah, nobody gonna compete Nobody can you. stop you. Right? I, I have a friend, um, I can't say her name, but I have a friend and like she also, like she, me and her started together, you know, freshman year. Mm -hmm. And, like, classes have really been hard for her. Like, she wants to be a doctor as well. She wants to be a... 
she wants to be a um, what is it called a um, dermatologist mm -hmm. and because like she's a black woman mm -hmm. people are like no you're not gonna make it and then on top of that like school is difficult like mm -hmm. she's failed science classes before mm -hmm. and you know in order to be a doctor like they're telling you like you can't fail classes yeah. but she wants to be a doctor so bad that she doesn't even care like her passion is so driven wow. that like she will literally be like okay if I fail biology I'm just gonna have to take it again and pass you know wow. like that's her like motivation like she just knows that she's, what she, she wants do. to do yeah yeah so I feel like if you have that passion and you put worth ethic mm -hmm. and you have that drive to do it like nothing can stop you you yeah. just have to you know you're keep right. that close you're to right you. you're right so going back to your parents do you feel like that pressure that external pressure and many African parents or even immigrant parents put on their kids is the fact that they sacrifice so much to come to this place, right? Mm -hmm. And had to work at a young age, couldn't couldn't continue their dream, right? Mm -hmm. They had to sacrifice their dream mm -hmm. to start working and give us the life, mm -hmm. give their kids the life uh, their kids need. Do you think they feel like their kids need to capitalize on that and be that person they wanted to be? So I feel like this. I feel like we are really thankful people of all backgrounds who um who parents came here who are immigrants whose mm -hmm. parents came here from other countries of course it's the land of the free right so yeah. like people who come here want to make opportunity for themselves want to mm -hmm. build generational wealth want to live the dreams that they feel like and they have the right to live the problem in it that becomes is like how to get there you know, everybody's dream is different. Mm -hmm. You know, we're made uniquely for a reason. So, like, what I might feel is success is different from somebody else's visions of success. Mm -hmm. Just because, like, their experiences and their passions and, like, the things that they're going through. So, I feel like we should always take account, like, our sacrifices that um, our parents have given us. Um, but And we should always do things, like, diligently and, like, and always remember where we like always remember where we could have been you know what i'm saying uh, but i don't think like you should be forced to do things that you don't want to do mm -hmm. but you should be strategic in what you do yeah and and like if you have a dream like nobody on this earth can stop you but you exactly. so like if you really want to do something do it and do it to your best capability i know like for example this is kind of random but it goes every every time i perform a piece i always perform it like it's my last time doing it because you never know how you might like when i might do it again and that should be how like it is with everything that you do everything that you do if it's like a homework assignment if it's like you talking to a professor if it's like you performing on stage somewhere or you even giving like um a presentation in class you should do it like it's your last time doing it because mm -hmm. you never know the doors that might open like the opportunities that might that you might get just by doing your best work you know so yeah i don't know if i answered the question that's amazing but, wow yeah. <laughs> wow so i think you mentioned that that's that uh missing thing that many parents immigrants do not understand because yeah. in in many countries right the doctors the engineers the president the, those are the people that are that are successful, that are successful yeah right? and that's but as you said right america is the land of free and it has created a space right. where so many opportunities you can be anything you want and still be amazing still yeah be successful. And, the, and like 
For example, Oprah. Like, if you look through Oprah's history, the woman, I'm telling you, when grace is on your life, it's very different. The woman literally went to undergrad, didn't finish undergrad, got a job opportunity because she was doing so well or something. And because of that job opportunity, like, after her being a news anchor, that's when she got... And she got the Oprah show. Yeah. So it's like, if you do things to your best, like her being a news anchor helped her get the Oprah show. Mm-hmm. She didn't know the Oprah show was coming. Yeah. And because of the Oprah show, she had Hardwood Productions. She's able to be a, a film per- Like, she's able to do a billionaire. You know, literally. She's able to do everything she wants. Like, people are like, don't open a magazine. The girl has a magazine. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. The, the woman has it. She literally has every form of communication. Wow. So it's like, don't, literally the only person stopping you is you. You just have to keep going. Yeah. And that drive, though, is the hard part. Because, yeah. like, life can be really difficult sometimes. Yeah. But there's some people that want it more than others, you know? So it's just like, how bad do you want it, you know? Of course. Yeah. That's well put. So you, people like you, me, and many other Mama, dude, everybody wants to be like you, you're Many of the minorities, we went to inner city schools, right? Yeah. And uh, yes, we performed very well in those schools, right? Right. When when we go to those schools, like, we are made to feel like we are amazing, we are smart and all of that. Yeah. Right? But then many of us come to these big schools, PWI, and and find that not everybody look like us, Mm -hmm. right? And everybody is smart. And only few of us are around, right? How did you manage that when you got here? <laughs> I'm still managing that's that. That's when we met. <laughs> yeah, that's how we met. You guys, if you don't know, how did you Mama get to Jude, the point you are today? It's because of Mama Jude. <laughs> no, honestly and truly, though, like, it community is so important. So, like, when I started school, I freshman year. Like, you come to this campus, you think you're unstoppable because all of us are valedictorians. All of us did, was the president of every org. We did this, that, won every competition. We come to this big institution. What starts here changes the world. And you realize, like, this is hard. Like, this is really, really <laughs> I'm hard. I'm still 18. <laughs> right. It's hard. Told you I couldn't change right. the world before. Exactly. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, you, you realizing, like, and also, the people who come here are the best of the best, so you're on a pedestal. So, like, now you realize, like, you're not, quote-unquote, the best, mm-hmm. even though that's very subjective. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is, like, different. So, um, I know, like, with me, when I started undergrad, like, I remember I was really struggling in this one class, and I went to the professor's office hours, and she was just like, maybe college is not for you. Like, have you thought about, like doing something else or at least like changing your major and I remember I was just so distraught I was like how can I come to school and these professors are not even believing in me and I used to like freshman year was really eye-opening just because like I was like bro like is this college stuff for me like did I make the right choice in coming here but I'm telling y'all like community is so important because if I didn't meet people like Mamadou, if I didn't meet people like Jen, if I didn't meet people like Abigail, 
and just people to because you when you're down you need people to speak life into you when you can't speak life into yourself and if you don't have people like this to uplift you you cannot live life alone like at all and there's going to be some parts that you're down low and like you need somebody to pull you out of that tunnel you know and I felt like freshman year there was multiple times that I fell inside of multiple tunnels but like Every time I would fall, like, it would be somebody there to pick me back up, like, to motivate me, like, to tell me, like, no, you can do this. And then, like, it's just beautiful, too, when you see upperclassmen who are about to graduate and they tell you their story and they were in the same boat as you. And you're just like, okay, like, maybe I can do it, you know? So, like, you really have to surround yourself with, like, a good community. It doesn't matter who they are. If it's all black people, all white people, just people that love you, people yeah. that genuinely love you and that are able to uplift you and be there for you when you can't be there for yourself and, like, you will succeed in spaces that are not meant for you to be in. Because, honestly, spaces like this, like, weren't built for us. They weren't built for people who look like me. They weren't built for people who look like Mama Do. Like, they were not built for us. But because of who we are we have the opportunity to take these spaces and make it ours and make them institutions that are for us and for people who look like us so wow. yeah that's the answer wow. oh he's so dramatic how, how, wow that's I, I didn't know about I, yeah. I've, heard, I've heard so many um, horror stories minority students talking about how it's just hard to believe that a professor who's teaching you, yeah. who, who who said that they wanna they wanna spend Help the rest you. of their life teaching students to be better, tell you in your face that maybe you are good enough for this. Yeah, I, it's it actually horrible. I I can I can understand that. It's crazy, but how how hard was it to build that community? Uh, like, mm. especially that we are eight person. Is it because that we are so small? It was easier to attract. How hard was it to build that community? So I think for me... Excluding your big smile. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me... That's a good question because I don't... Because of the avenues that I went through, so like I did things like New Blessed in the Weekend, I was able to find mentorship. Social media really helps you too because you see like the community that you want and you start building them. Mm -hmm. But I also did things like the speech and debate team and where I got to meet different people that I would never have talked to because these people are not in my classes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, honestly, it's putting yourself out there. I was actually talking to Ami yesterday and I was telling her, like, if I knew what Orange Jackets was, like, when I was a freshman, if I saw, like, another black person, like, if I saw CG or Zarya on me, like, in Orange Jackets, like, I would have tried to do it, yeah. like, my freshman year. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, do it and try to, you know what I'm saying? Try to apply for it. definitely need someone like you. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like um, community just requires for you to take that step mm -hmm. like you you need to find people that not only make you happy because not sometimes happiness is not like the best way when it comes to like not all things are good mm -hmm. make you like you know exactly. what i'm trying to say but you need to find people that are like-minded as you or even even more ambitious because you are who you hang around mm -hmm. you know so like if you're around a bunch of people who are doing internships, who are on their grind, who are trying to get into good programs, get into good schools, get into good whatever the case may be, 
then like you will have to follow in that path and you would do the same. Sure. But if you're around people who are lazy, who are not doing anything, your soil will not flourish. It will not grow. Like if you, if like planting a flower, for example, if you have a flower and the flower is surrounded by water, sun, like nutrition, you know, other flowers will boom, like bloom around it. But if there roots in the ground, like it'll prevent the ground, like mm-hmm. the flower from growing. So that's how you have to look at your circle of friends. Like, are there flowers? Are there people who are nourishing you? Are they, you know, putting, are they the sun? Are they with the rain? Like, are they, you know, building you up or are they being roots and taking you down? Like who is the, who are the people around you? You know, I don't know if I went off topic cause I honestly no, forgot no. the question. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. So, I remember when, he, as I said earlier, we met here freshman year. Right? Yeah, we and did. And I, I saw, like, it, it was hard, right? It was, it was so a different hard. environment. Adaptation was hard. Yeah. And there, were, there weren't many people in your classes, right? Yeah, And also, like you me. didn't know what was your identity. You were, like, yeah, it, I th- agree. That external pressure from your parents wanting you to be something you didn't know you wanted to be, mm-hmm. kind of, it was hard to figure out those stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Today... There's no person who's more <laughs> certain than you. Like, when when did you f- feel like you figured that out? When did you feel like you had enough? Uh, when did you feel like you said, okay, this is enough. I need to put tie my shoes. I need to rise and I need to fight to start building my legacy now. Because <laughs> around sophomore, like junior year, I started seeing you like doing debate, doing speeches, doing the things you love, like doing. I started hearing people say, oh, bye. Like, you were... Yeah, I feel like you're being dramatic. I'm not being dramatic. But every, <laughs> everybody who's in school knows that bye is where people come get advice and stuff. Oh, when did sweet. you feel like you became that person? So, honestly, um, I feel like it was a process. I don't think it was, like, an overnight, yeah. like, thing. Um, if it comes to, like, my identity, speech and debate really so so me joining speech and debate sophomore year really helped to focus on like the creativity aspect but Mm. also on like the political and social aspect Mm. social issue aspect and really started opening my brain to like different avenues that i wanted to do but i was still trying to force and do that pre-med thing so sophomore year Mm. but i remember the beginning of sophomore year i got an internship to go study abroad in Italy, you did the same, um, mm-hmm. you did the same um, program, it's called Atlantis Project, mm-hmm. and basically, they give you, like, um, an internship, and you're able to shadow doctors at, like, medical schools and at hospitals and things of that sort, and when I got to Italy, Italy was so beautiful, y'all, but, like, I literally hated it, like, I hated waking up I hated going to the not waking up thankful to wake up but I'm <laughs> saying getting ready and going to the hospital I hated that like every time when I was during surgeries I would fall asleep like during surgeries I hated it like they have to use this tool to open your body to get the cancer out mm-hmm. and I would literally want to throw up because mm-hmm. like it just smelled like burnt flat. Like it, it just made my head ache. Like, yeah. and other people were. I just saw the people around me. And everybody was so happy, mm-hmm. and I said, "Yeah, this was it that I needed. <laughs> like, I this is not for me." Yeah. And when I came back from 
Italy, you know, I made the conscious decision of like trying to do different things that I felt like would be an avenue. Mm -hmm. Like, so I I did an internship at a like PR firm and at the PR firm, like I ended up being more passionate about like, you know, more social issues. And Mm -hmm. like, I was working with this organization called Black Mamas Community Collective. And basically there were organizations trying to stop like the mortality rate for black, for African-American women, you know, during, you know, pregnancy. pregnancy. So like, I was doing different things of that sort. I was learning about like um, equity, and I was learning about like prison pipeline because of the internship I was in. I didn't like the PR stuff, but like the people who I was working with, I was like, I need to speak about these things. Oh, I need wow. to talk about these things. And like, it was literally me just, you know, taking that step of faith and doing these different things that I learned like the more like avenues that I want to work through. And after that, junior year, I was really focused on like, what did some things that can help me grow like the passions that I have mm-hmm. and then that's how I did black and gold like I did the black and gold um, pageant wow. and I got Miss um, Black and then like um, I did like and then the summer after so this past summer I went to Ghana and Ghana was really the experience that like solidified that like I really need to be doing like political stuff and like social activism stuff but I still need to like concentrate on like my speaking and art and it's possible for me to do like all of it like I don't have to put a limit on myself just to pick one you know like um they talk about it all the time like you know when they're little when you're little they ask you what do you want to be when you grow up and then you usually say one thing and you're like oh my son is going to be an engineer my son is going to be a doctor like you can do literally you can do anything you want and how many things you want it doesn't matter like you don't have to be tied to just being a painter you can be a painter that raps that's curing cancer that if you want to do it just do do it nobody's stopping you so yeah i don't Hopefully that answers your question. That's, no, that, that answers my question. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, at the university like UT Austin, uh-huh. right? What are some challenges as an African American woman that you face? A lot. So first of all, the advisors are horrible. <laughs> Y'all need to fix that because that's actually pissing me off. Let me tell you guys. Freshman year, I had two advisors. Both of them, one dropped, and then I had another advisor. I, that man actually didn't know what he was doing. Like, he was really supposed to be for the athletes, but, like, I think they no longer needed him or something. I don't know what it is, but he's no longer an advisor. Mm-hmm. And then after that, sophomore year, they gave me two more advisors. So there was a time period that I didn't have an advisor. Then they gave me another advisor. Junior year, I had this man. Now, that advisor, I had him the whole year. At mm-hmm. least they gave me one advisor the whole year. And then this year, they changed me to another advisor. So basically, I had to, like do my own degree audit and figure that stuff out on myself mm-hmm. and that is that's so disrespectful for somebody that doesn't know what they're doing yeah. and by god's grace like i'm gonna be able to like graduate on time and things of that nature but the way how i had to struggle these advisors are horrible <laughs> so that's one i feel like they shouldn't be professors like the one who told me freshman year that i couldn't do it mm-hmm. Like, they need to go through a type of training or something because that was very disrespectful. Uh, Two, I feel like there needs to be more safe spaces on campus and outlets for people who are, I don't know, like, 
sometimes on the campus, especially during my first year and sophomore year, I just felt really like off. I didn't feel like I belonged, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like this school is quick to make a statistic out of you. Like, they're quick to say, like, the rate of black children not graduating on time is 10 times less likely than a white. Like, they're quick to make these stats about you and then they spit them in your face, you mm-hmm. know? But what are they doing to help that? Like, other, because tip scholars, wow. gateway scholars, I feel like gateway kind of helps for the people who liked it. Mm-hmm. But, like, that really didn't help as much. You know what did help? Mm-hmm. The, my community, yeah. fly, seeing things like that. Right, seeing people going through it. I don't know what needs to happen, but there needs to be more outlets of that nature. There needs to be more financial aid for students because, like, not everybody was able to get scholarships. And, like, you know, you grind hard in high school, but you have – there needs to be more avenues for money to be given out because it doesn't make sense. I'm happy – I'm thankful that they have that new rule that if you don't make, um, like, a certain amount, like 60000 a year, then your tuition is, like, off. Mm-hmm. I think they have that – I saw an article about that. I think it's something happening like that. So I'm thankful for that, but like money is like very, very difficult too. Yeah. And plus, I don't know. I think there just needs to be more like more awareness that you can do this. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did not feel that from this school, at least in the beginning. At the end, I did because I created that for myself. But like in the beginning, I did just, I just felt defeated all the time. And yeah, that's all I can think of. For now. So you, from Mbaye, freshman. Yeah, freshman You're about to graduate. Like, You're about to apply for a higher education PhD. Yeah. Well, I want to get my master's first. Yeah, get your master's first. And then get my PhD. PhD. What does higher ed mean to you? Higher education is so important. I remember that, okay. So in academia, so with the fellowships that I've done, like I've learned that academia is really a place like of eliteness and it's very, it's a place that only like the strong survive in. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would think, because this makes logical sense, that a professor or a teacher would want to be a professor or a teacher to help other students obtain information. But in academia, the reason you do these things, like most of the work that you do is because of research. Like like teaching is not like a priority. You, your, your goal is like to make the school money and like to write books, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't feel like that's important. Because I was talking to somebody about it the other day. There's so many professors that are out there who are doing all these research things about people from the hood, right? But like, their language in the academia, like their writing is so hard and complex. Mm -hmm. These people from the hood can't even pick up the books to understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's so elite that it's like, even with the information that they're finding, it's not not accessible. It's not helpful, yeah. So how can we do better to help that? I feel like higher education is power. That's why they didn't want slaves to read and write. It's not that they were stupid yeah. it's just that if they obtain this information they can be creative Without they can imagine <laughs> exactly they had they, 
education is accessibility, mm-hmm. right? Once you have education, once you have creative mind, once you have the ability to influence, like you can change a generation. But it's like if you're not able to get these things, then you will literally stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. And that's like the danger of it all. So higher education is definitely important. I believe in all aspects. I always tell myself I want to get a PhD, and I'm going to get a PhD. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a PhD. It's just very, very important to me. And I know it's going to be, like, a hard process, but mm-hmm. honestly, like, I feel like when it comes to h- higher education, like, it's bigger than you, you know? Yes, it is. I think about the people who are around you and, like, the reason why you're getting it mm-hmm. and your community behind it. And, like, who are you trying to serve with that degree? And you never know the people who you might inspire along the way, you know? So, higher education is very, very, very important. That's amazing. Okay, this is the last segment, mm-hmm. right? This is the first time I'm trying this, right? Okay. The mamba mentality, right? Mamba mentality. Many people, when they hear mamba, they ask, is that snake? What you talking about, right? Uh-huh. Mamba, when I thought about mamba, it came from my name, Mamadou Balde, became mamba. But the mamba brand is a motivational brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's inspirational. It's the idea of being able to do things that many people do not like to do. So we're going to start this segment talking about, like, I use the mamba mentality to do this, that, and that. Okay. I can go first. You can yeah, participate you if you want. you go first because I don't know yeah, how, it goes. how so, it goes. So I use the mamba mentality to organize a schedule, to create a, a workout schedule where I can go work out for six weeks, decide to go to work out for six weeks every single day at 6 a.m. No matter how sore I am, no matter how tired I am, the mama mentality wake me up every day on time and never miss gym time. That okay. is the mama mentality. That's the mama it mentality. can be anything. So I use the mama mentality that even when people tell me no or I can't do things, I just use that as a fuel and fire just to show them or prove to myself that I can do it. Do um, I keep going or are you going to go? That's it. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. That's good. No, that's okay. Good. That's good. There you All have right, it, good. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm Thank you so much for giving me your time. Thank you guys so thank much you. for listening to me. You are uh, amazing. No, thank you. You guys are so amazing. Much. Follow me on social media. Say it. Oh, wait, I can say wait. it. Okay, so my Twitter is by underscore by by so b y e underscore b y e m b a y i and that's the same handle for my uh, instagram so you guys follow me on my social media so there you have it people thank you so much for tuning into the mamba inspire you are not alone podcast we have another great story next episode make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel twitter and instagram for updates look up mamba inspire (laughs)